0: Welcome to the circus! You're listening to the Blah 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 blah, blah, blah. Podcast.
1: The door's open, so come on in. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. I am your host, Sugar Trap, a.k.a. Chris Freebus. Also joining me from down under, as if you couldn't tell by his Accent. Jared Morgs.
0: Always we like to say down here, Dan under. Dean under Dan under. I meant to Yeah, that's right.
1: Um and uh sorry folks, it's just us two, so get with it. It's,
0: uh, you've got it. So much for two and done, because it's two and done the second time. Two
1: well. <laughs> and done the sequel.
0: Yeah, this the, the the second coming.
1: Yeah, hey, Jared. Speaking of uh, things that go down under, then uh, this happened to uh, you know make it all the way over to my neck of the woods. I understand you've got a roid raging kangaroo running around uh, near you.
0: Oh yeah, Skip. Yeah, here in my suburb, which is North Lakes. Um, North Lakes is basically like the. <laughs> it's affectionately known here in Brisbane as like the uh, the the baby belt of Brisbane because it's basically just one big suburb full of families um, living in a relatively cheap-ish accommodation, although that's not really even the case anymore. Um, it's actually getting pretty expensive to live there because it's just becoming really popular as a, like a, <laughs> a hub, I guess. know Yeah. Old mate, Skippy, he, um, he like, he's been here for ages. Um, there's actually a fan what they call a mob of kangaroos collectively. That's what you call a, a okay. group of kangaroos. It's a, it's a mob. Um, so, there's a mob of kangaroos that um, are inhabiting North Lakes in general, and you see them more because the developers here um, are pretty much uh, reclaiming every single pocket of land possible in the right. estate and not really leaving a lot of green space left. So, the the kangaroos, being the smart creatures they are, go. You know what? I think the golf course would be a good place to go because <laughs> it's got lots of grass, and kangaroos generally eat grass um, as one of their primary food stuff. So, um, so off they go, hopping around the golf course. And I actually even think there's a rule uh, in the golf club rules about encountering um, uh, kangaroos on the course and what you need to do about you know dropping well, your what ball. what you need to and... do is you need
1: to shoot your ball into <laughs> their pouch. <laughs> <laughs> You get a hole in one. Exactly, moving <laughs> target. That's that's worth a pint, right? <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, that's definitely worth a, a shout from the um, drinks cut as it rolls around. So yeah, yeah, I have seen the footage. I can't believe. I can't believe this has made it overseas <laughs> to you guys.
1: Yeah, so, no, yeah. here's the thing: is is because the pictures that we saw. I mean, I swear this this kangaroo looks like a you know bench 450. Um, is, <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you seen the uh, internet meme do you even lift bro with the kangaroos exactly. that are going? <laughs> it's exactly. just like that, isn't it? So he's a big his... boy this
1: guy. Okay, so he is abnormally built compared to the the other kangaroos that are bouncing around.
0: Well, he's a male, so the males
1: always
0: are uh, more stockier because they have to protect their the the mob. Um, but do the kangaroos and... usually have
1: a six pack? <laughs>
0: have a six-pack and knuckle dusters on their claws
1: yes. <laughs> you want to go mate you want to go come on come on somebody somebody posted video of uh and i can i don't know where it was it was you know some backyard zoo basically but they had a uh, a very large stuffed animal hanging from a rope the kangaroo was in the backyard mm. there was also these uh ring-tailed lemurs bouncing around and the kangaroo was beating the ever-living snot out of this hanging stuffed animal just punching it and kicking it and the lemurs like they kept on wanting to get in on the action but if they got too close to the kangaroo the kangaroo would just kind of look at it and then they'd scamper off (laughs) yeah and all i could think of was was this thing on the golf course come on come on come get your ball come on
0: (laughs) come on just take a shot Take a shot, Cobber. <laughs> I'll have you. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, he was a big boy. And the, the footage that I think you saw um, that you would have seen overseas is that he was between, like, um, all the sort of little estates that we have, usually all front out to this main road that runs around the estate. Um, and you have these, like, little uh, footpaths that lead into each estate from the... Um, the main road. And he was standing in one of those little um, uh, footpath areas, blocking the way. And honestly, they're big creatures, but they they generally don't like to fight you. Like, they're not going to walk up and say, you, me, outside, now, (laughs) and start having a fight. But they're going to, you know, you you do have to approach, uh, treat kangaroos with a bit of respect. I mean, they're big creatures, incredibly strong. They... The legs are designed to um, to disembowel. Um, so when kangaroos fight, they will actually balance on their tails and kick. Um, and like, like the claws are sharp, they will actually the the end goal when the kangaroos fight is to actually disembowel the other um, their their opponent because that that will pretty much render them. Um, Useless because <laughs> you know kangaroos' hands are so small they can't gather up all their guts and put them back in, you know they're like um, raptors, you know yeah. <laughs> with their little hands their
1: little tiny hands
0: <laughs> you can't see but I'm, I'm doing a little see, this this just gives um,
1: further proof that every single thing in Australia wants to kill you yep, yeah well,
0: come down to us we we'll, you'll have some fun um, <laughs> and, uh, and see some wildlife and and see it and then.
1: Be and fit, then run in horror cardio is important
0: here as <laughs> australia because you need to run away a lot <laughs> but I, I was just thinking when i saw that footage i was going oh it's... now all the americans are going to be going right oh, so so why didn't it have a saddle on because don't you use that for transport down there <laughs> we well, the transport? <laughs> no uh, australians don't use kangaroos for transport and oh, like you know right. as in like you know powered Ma- mad max style transport <laughs>
1: Exactly. Mad yeah, Max put Transport. a saddle on it
0: and start running it around.
1: Speaking of yeah, Mad Max, yeah. did, you, did you do your due diligence? <laughs> did you go see Mad Max? Oh, I haven't I yet. It's time. I went not a second time, Jared.
0: Well, I'm living vicariously through you, I think, at the moment. I really want to go and see it, but... Yeah. Two kids and yeah. Not age appropriate movie for them to take along and go
1: and see. So um I still so want to go and see it though. Something else, uh, but we'll we'll get to that in uh in just a yes, in just that a comes later. Yes, either. Yes. Um I know something I do want to talk about. Uh and it happens to be as as some of you podcast listeners might know, we do a thing called table of the week. I know. Surprise. Um <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> Because we don't talk about it enough. Um, So we do the Table of the Week every week um, on the uh, Pinball Arcade Fan Forum. And this current week's table is Diner, which most of Season 3 and 4 I haven't really played. uh, Mainly because by the time I got it on Steam, I was kind of behind the ball, and then I knew that I was going to be doing the table of the week, and then just kind of went, ah, screw it, save it for when we're actually playing it, and then I can look at it you know, with fresh eyes and and uh, really go whole hog on it. So, Diner, apart from throwing it in, going, oh yeah, it's the sequel to Taxi. uh uh-huh. You know, more or less. <laughs> um, yeah, really? I, didn't, I didn't really give it much of a second thought. So, this week I'm actually, you know, really playing it, and man, if the tuning on that thing isn't as close to now I don't know what the real diner plays like, but just how a real pinball table treats you in terms of it drains out of both outlanes, it drains down the center, it does wacky bounces that you aren't able to necessarily predict um you know with how it's coming down. I mean, Farse really did an excellent job of making this thing play phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I I have to admit that you know, when it when it was being beta tested, I thought, oh yeah, it's, you know, sort of like another what is it, System Eleven game with shallow yeah. rules and you know, just you know, complete all the like people and get the burgers and whatever. I went, yeah, right. All right. yeah, really, it's like another taxi. And you know, sometimes that's what you want when you're playing a game. You just want another taxi, you know, a simple game that you can just switch off and just shoot, you know. But right. at the time, I just wasn't really captivated by it, and um, I kind of just let it slide. So. Um, I'll let you. I'll admit something here, Chris, and that is that I, in the table of the week, I I generally don't play them. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I just phone it in when it comes time to do a tournament. Um, <laughs> and go, you know what? What? Let's let's give it a go, right? I've actually um. I'll, I'll I don't, I don't expect
1: this, everybody but. to play table of the week by by no stretch of the means. You know, I shoot, do, I do only play it as like, long as. Through. I play it as long as I can get. To the wizard goal. Once I have all my wizard goals, um, unless I'm really having a good time on the table, I'm I'm pretty much done. So, mm. uh, that's yeah. Because there's, there's only so much of the table I can handle before I'm like, and usually with me, we doing the wizard goals. It's you know sitting down for you know two hours straight just pounding on it. So by yeah. the time I get it, I'm so relieved I'm just like, I'm done with this thing. I don't want to I don't want to touch it again. You know. It really um, is like,
0: you know, if you've had a mammoth game in real life on a table and you say, I'm done. Yeah. I need to I need to go away from here now. <laughs> just yeah. do something else. Yeah. It's true, it's the same thing, really.
1: That's why you get angry at you know certain tables when it takes me the entire week to get the goal. I'm like, Gah. Yeah, I know, it's it's full on, right? Um, unless again, uh, of course. Unless the game is actually fun in and of itself, um, there's been some tables that I've been happy to, to just continue playing. Um,
0: so, what are the, um, the? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. What are the tables yeah. that will be featuring the uh, the tournament um, for? What is it? July, June? Is it June, June or July that we're talking? Yeah, June. June. What is the June table lineup at the moment?
1: Well, you are putting me on the spot because I got to think. Uh, we're going to be so doing diner. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's there's right? uh there's Harley David. Harley David. Oh, that's right. Um yeah. that's that's what I always think about with that table, just because I'm just like, son of a bitch, I've got to play this table. Um and then I There's <laughs> there's that, there's uh Ripley's. Ripley's, um, yeah. That's
0: another one that I can't really get in. I know you love it. I do um, love it. I just haven't found I just haven't found the love for it yet. Um maybe it's because it, it desperately needs a graphical overhaul and it's just not fun visually give oh, me the place there for that enjoyable.
1: All over the place because mm-hmm. part of the reason why I find it fun is because I can zone out playing it because it is so predictable with where the ball mm. bounces um, that I just kind of get in this habit zone and it's just all muscle memory going and I, it yeah. I find it almost incredibly easy and that's what's pleasing to me about it. But on the same hand, I wish that it would yep. get amped up in the challenge and you know, yeah, have the graphics overhaul. random. In. Exactly. No, would, I need um, it. It, it really does. It's so flat. It. Um, yeah. And
0: what yeah,
1: about uh, like the launch
0: tables? You think that, because it's one of the free ones you can play in the launch pack, isn't it? Yeah. Um, or do they not do that anymore? I don't, it's been that much. I don't believe I've they do the launch pack the launch anymore. Pack.
1: I know on Steam uh, it's now just part of season one, so. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm
0: sure things have changed in that regard because, you know, it has been like four years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would it, hope yeah.
1: that they'd finally, you know, condense it down to, you know, something that makes sense and not, you know, here's your free table that you need to download, but then you can pay an extra of this to get the uh, initial four pack, but then if you want a season 1, but season 1 doesn't include the initial four, but yeah, that's confusing. Yeah, that's just confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I mean it's it's kind of like Sing how it, 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 as much as it sucks that they ditched the, you know, on certain platforms you used to be able to buy tables individually. Um Mm. Or excuse me, in the double packs or whatever, and now it's only individual. I don't know, but I'm just so long as it's all unified and codified, I'm happy. Just yeah, <laughs> me too. It, I'm, it I'm makes it simple. That. I've dealt with a okay so, uh, people yeah. having questions, but um, oh yeah, so uh, so uh, we've got Ripley's, we've got uh, Harley Davidson, we've got Diner, and we have El Dorado City of Gold.
0: Ah, that's right. The drop target queen. Um, that thing I is hard is a... to get all the drop targets down on.
1: Wait, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, yes. I think so, yeah. yeah. Yes. Part of my confusion is that I know that we're, like, two weeks ahead of what the tournament tables will, you know, like, we'll have two more tables by the time the next tournament starts, and so that gets me kind of, uh, kind of confused. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what they are. Speaking of, the tournament will be on, um... June 27th signups will start on June 24th. So we'll talk a little bit more about the tournament uh, later, but uh, just give that quick bit of info out in case people go, thanks, came here for what I wanted. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Yeah.
0: Um, So how did it go running it last month with the uh, new spreadsheet?
1: Oh my God. Let's see. I closed the tournament and about 15 minutes later had the entire thing posted. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) and and essentially what most of that 15 minutes was comprised of was me uh, shuffling the post itself because I I create the the groupings and results page, and then I just go back and uh, edit it after the fact and so me editing yep. it uh placing things where i wanted them to be placed that's what takes more time uh because the spreadsheet is just copy and paste that's all i do it's i mean it's i literally yeah. push push like three buttons boom there's my there's my data and uh, and then the rest of it is me just tweaking the post itself um so yeah no it it, it flew with how quickly and We had a fairly good turnout, but uh, we also had, uh, I think, 11 people that signed up that didn't uh, post any scores. And so there Mm, was a... That's frustrating, but... It is frustrating, but that was part of the genius of the spreadsheet is it makes it really easy for me to just drag and drop names back into new groupings. Um, Some people get angry with uh, where they get grouped (laughs) because they were expecting to be with you know, a certain group of people and all of a sudden they're with a different grouping of people. Um, and it literally is me just randomly grabbing names and dropping them in slots until I have all my brackets filled up again. Um, there's not much rhyme or reason to it. I'm not sitting yep. there going, oh, I'm going to purposely screw this person and, and put them in here. I don't even bother looking at the scores of people's mm. tables until after I've done that because I don't want to be influenced by... Um, by that, because the way the groupings were initially put was for it to be random. Also, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. I,
0: I guess the great thing is that you know the spreadsheet makes it easy now, whereas before it really was. It <laughs> automation oh, is a key, right? With everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: totally. After, otherwise, it would. It was, I mean, you know, I, I close the tournament at ten o'clock at night and then get to work on it and the one time it was two in the morning when I finally finished posting everything. Oh, so I guess you, you can imagine on. the frustration that was,
0: <laughs> Hey, on, on the subject of, um, automation and stuff like that, yep. I've been listening to another podcast called, um, the coin coin box podcast, which is a couple of operators, um, out of Eastside pinball, um, okay. talking about, you know, hobby operating. It's in itself, it's really interesting to hear that. Cause I was thinking of doing that here in Brisbane. Um, so it's kind of like, I asked a question on the Pinheads Pinball podcast about operating new equipment versus old and sort of like value for money versus reliability. Okay. And the whole show practically just, it covers that in depth. And um, from what I've seen at the moment, their top earner is the walking dead, like 30% of their revenue is the walking dead. Mm. Um, and that's a pro that's not even an LE that they're running there. So it, goes to show if you have new equipment on site. They had some old tables as well, but the, the new equipment is what's earning the big bucks. So that, that's interesting. But what they're doing is um, they, they run a league, of course, as part of their um, site location at the bowling alley they're in. And they've actually got their own league software that they're using um, that they've written themselves. Um, and from the latest episode, which is five, um, they're actually looking at releasing that to a wider audience after they've done some more testing on it. So it's actually going to become a thing um, okay. that you can actually use to run tournaments. And apparently, according to them, um, it's it's pretty epic in the way it works. So I really want to actually have a look at it. I might actually contact, contact them and just see what they have um, and just check it out. Because I think it's yeah, probably going to be like a cloud-based thing.
1: Our league that we're running the for the tournament of the month is based off of I'm I based it off of what my league that I play on real tables which is from the Orange County Pinball League and yep. I was talking to our uh, tournament director and he said that they got theirs <laughs> the format from the Pinball Mafia in Chicago so ah, right. um it, it's kind of there's been, a lot of uh, sharing it, it there, going is. Around with there that. is a lot of sharing mm. and I don't think anybody has because... a problem with that cuz well, I mean that's editing. what the
0: people community is all about, really, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, it's exactly. all about sharing.
1: And it's just interesting that there's different ways of obviously running um, running these tournaments uh, because also uh, you know you could always do the elimination brackets, um, which would be mm. doesn't work so well online. <laughs> that'd be no. that'd be real hell to run online, um, but it works perfectly fine in a in a live venue. Um, because got the, the elimination
0: there. bracket style it relies on the fact that you actually know that all the people are actually there at the tournament and are ready exactly. to play. Like you, it relies on that. Whereas online, anything could happen. You know, to... well, not to mention that the people it's... are
1: playing right there head to head. You know, I mean, yeah, making a player right. game and switching balls and and so yeah. you're directly competing. You can see who's you know, what score you're trying to to get, and you're playing against. So it's I mean, that's obviously a much different style. Um, And and the same thing can be said with my league where, you know, the group of four guys that you're playing with, obviously, uh, whoever goes fourth has the advantage of knowing what score they need to top. Um, And so nobody is, you know, you don't get anybody going, I'm going to play the most epic round of pinball ever. A lot of times I've seen guys when it comes to third ball, as soon as they surpass, The other three players, they just let the ball drain. They're like, "There's no point in playing anymore." You know, I got the points. That's all that. That's all that matters. Exactly. Um, Mm. You know, as opposed to uh, grinding it and going going nuts. Now, some guys, they they can't help themselves. So (laughs) (laughs) that's right. Yeah. Okay.
0: So anyway, that was an aside. What were we talking about again? Tournament. You were talking about
1: (laughs) well, no, you were talking about these uh, (laughs) guys' podcast, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've really found it interesting to hear, like, the aspects of operating um, tables and what you have to do as a hobby operator um, to, you know, balance out, you know, your love of the hobby versus making money. Right. Um, and it's... It has... It hasn't... I think it's it's been a bit dangerous, actually, me listening to it because it's made me go, you know what? I, I could probably do this if I wanted to. <laughs> um, and I... Basically, with essentially the recipe to success that at least these guys have actually had, because they seem to be doing pretty well in their location, mm-hmm. um, and I was thinking of a similar location. Perhaps this is actually something that I can look at doing, with you know eyes wide open, of course, and like not <laughs> not going down the rabbit hole, but um, you, know, you know, just going you know with the I mean, expectations that you're not going to make a fortune out of it, but no. you're going to make some sort of pocket
1: money out of it. You also, though, have to approach it with the idea, and this is where it gets tricky for the hobby operator, that these machines, you can't look at them as, this is my machine that I'm letting people pay money to play.
0: No, because that's right. if you it's go like, in it with an a... attitude,
1: then you start getting angry when people are beating up on your machine or spill the soda on the machine or, you know, whatever happens to the machine, you start blaming these very people that paid money to play your machine. And... Essentially, uh, it's just equipment. You have to take the emotion exactly. out of it and say,
0: it's, just, it's operational equipment as
1: part exactly. of my business. And, and I think that's, yeah. the tricky, that's the tricky part. Mm.
0: I think the, in closing, I think the biggest takeaway that these guys have is just being engaged um, with their um, community seems to be the biggest thing. That yeah. I've got out of this um, thing, like always listening, always reacting to feedback, being attentive when there's problems, and they've actually got a really nice system around, you know, reporting faults with machines. And of course, it comes down to having a good site as well. That's kind of also passionate about the pinball, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's been really interesting. It's been five episodes of of great listening. I really want to give give a hat tip to guys. I think it's. Uh, I'll be talking about I don't this might be a good segue into another um sort of podcast related discussion I was having as well but um uh yeah I really like the variety of podcasts pinball podcasts out there at the moment because each what podcast I think, gives um uh, that it's called uh the coin box let me just open up my phone because it's actually loaded at the moment um as a uh episode Um, I've got this great little app on Android called Pocket Cast. It's called the Coinbox Pinball Podcast. Um, And it's run by Eastside Pinball, um, the guys that actually operate Eastside Pinball. So, yeah, it's great. Loving it, really loving it. So check it out. Um, All
1: right, I might just have to do that.
0: Yeah. The other one which what well, we may as well talk about now as well is um there's been yet another podcast released uh called for amusement only and this is produced by um a really passionate guy called nick baldridge and he's a, a massive fan of em and pinball um uh em and bingo pinballs okay. um it, i mean down here in australia I, this is <laughs> i have no idea about um Bingos, we just don't see them down here, unless they're tucked away in a in a collector's collection. Um, so listening, the thing I love about Nick's podcast is that he covers the like some gameplay aspects of how to how to actually play certain titles, um, all the features that Bingos have, which are just insane. The amount of uh, I'll call it programming, but in fact it's actually mechanical computing really with EMs that they've been able to put into these games is just it boggles my mind how much how many features they've been able to implement with mechanics and relays and like timing wheels and all this sort of stuff and just as a geek i'm listening (laughs) to going this it's awesome um so there was one episode that um really it, it actually got me to pick up the keyboard so to speak and email nick because he was talking about um uh in episode 23 um uh, which was bingos and the law, the episode was. And he was talking about restoring a one of his pinball back glasses because it was completely, it was just not in good shape, which is pretty common for, for bingos sure. and even EMs of that era. And he was talking about using um, open source software to do the restoration of the glass. So, I mean, this is something that you know, listeners that have known me for a while will understand that I actually work for Red Hat and Red Hat's an open source software company. And Nick was talking about using the GNU Image Manipulation Program, or GIMP as it's called, and you have to understand that <laughs> I'm sure that the, the <laughs> developers of that particular app made that acronym possible (laughs) by going, how can we make it, how can we call it the GIMP? Oh, the GNU image manipulation program. Yeah, that'll do. That that makes it so we can use GIMP. Yeah. acronym
1: first, later.
0: (laughs) Exactly right. I see it all the time. Like government departments are classic for it. Like they use, they they actually craft the name around the cool acronym they've got. Right. Um, So anyhow, he was talking about how he was using GIMP uh, to do backlash restoration. And, um, I sent him an email just saying it was really proud i was really proud to hear that he went down that path and was using open source software to do that um and I also asked him whether he made the files available um to uh other e m and bingo fans out there and um he he gave me a really great response um he thanked uh, me for the feedback of course and um Apparently Australians actually make up a fairly large percentage of his listenership which is pretty cool. Um I think Australians down here are used to, you know, getting their information from from the US so we're pretty accustomed to um you know listening to podcasts and that's just how we consume things down here because we are so far away from everything. Um and um I was actually I actually mentioned in my email that the closest thing that I've ever played to I guess a bingo would have been safe cracker. Um, because it actually has, in a way, a payout feature, which a lot of the bingos, right. which the bingos pretty much do. Um, and uh, it turns out that uh, SafeCrack is actually one of Nick's modern favourites as well, and mm. he actually had one close to him, which I'm incredibly jealous about. <laughs> I'd love to go and play that cable again in real life. Sadly, I don't think I'd actually have any tokens in it anymore because they're they're um they're, I don't know if they even make reproduction tokens anymore. Probably, yeah, Maybe, I don't um, know. I don't know either, but yeah, it's, but apparently he's being swapped out in the location he has there. But he's um, it turns out he's actually a pretty avid blockade podcast listener as well. Wow. So he listens to us rambling on. Um And likes how we actually sort of cover a bit of the EM stuff in the podcast as well. So that's pretty sweet. Good to get that feedback.
1: (laughs) Although Um, we usually mock it, but...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think in the last couple of episodes, we were actually going, you know, it'd be really great to see the EMs in Pimble Arcade with softer flippers and more realistic sound effects and stuff like that. And, you know, while the gameplay isn't perhaps as vibrant as some of the other um, tables, there's something to be said about going back and actually playing the EMs. Um, You know, I just just really
1: played one uh, the other the other uh, uh, just this past weekend at our Mm. uh, league night, and uh, okay, what was it called? Star Pool, I believe. Okay, it was a uh, uh, (laughs) again stupid EMS. Um, is a pool? (laughs) It was a pool themed table in that it had the classic you know rack of of pool balls and that's about where it ended. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> it had, one of the it classics had, of re-themes. Yeah, it had a spinning uh, uh, wheel in the middle that was kind of similar to what um, Toten has. Okay. And uh, it had uh, four drop targets and A, B, C, and D uh, at four different spots on the table that if you knock those down, then you got double the bonus. And I'm telling you, that's like all there was to this table. There, there was nothing much to the table at all. It had the hungriest outline you've ever seen. One of the guys playing, it literally went in the exact same outline four times in a row on him. Um, that's called consistency, Chris. Yeah, but it didn't get to the rest <laughs> of us. Um, it, it was also one of these tables that I, uh, on my final ball, where all I needed was like an extra. I don't know, maybe 800 points to secure my second uh, place finish. And it tilted with me basically sneezing on the table. I mean, I barely, oh, wow. I barely, really tapped, hit. I barely tapped the table and it tilted. And all I can figure is, is the guy that before me who played, when he finished his ball, he might have given the table a whack. And so the, the, mm. the plumb bob was still swinging. I don't know. Um, but wow. the thing that I took away from it was when I went to go catch the ball, and hold the flipper up it's you're hearing that audible hum and you're almost like you, you start getting worried that if I hold this too long, the machine's going to just, you know, smoke. (laughs) And, (laughs) and, and, and then when you do go and flip the ball, it is such this, there's such a different feeling to the flippers than what modern flippers because they don't, it's not as fast. It's not as hard. Um, if you wait for the ball to get to the edge, you know, to the tip of the flipper before you flip, it's probably going to drain because there's just not enough speed on the flipper to, you know, to, to knock it the way you normally would. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it, it's. I think that the EMs in Pinball Arcade would be much more entertaining if the flippers were as what real EMs flip like. Um, definitely give that, that yeah. sense.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so, yeah, the two tables that um, Nick did the restorations on with the GIMP were um, his 1946, uh, 1947 exhibit mystery and a 1937. 37? 1937? How old is that table? It's amazing. Genko Jr. So he has these two back glasses that he's pretty much... Touched up now, and he's. I said, "Why don't you just post him?" He goes, "Oh, I'm, I'm just a bit freaked out by the copyright aspects of that." And I said, oh, "Come on, man! It's 1947 and 1937. <laughs> no one's going to care."
1: <laughs> not like that. Surely, <laughs> yeah. surely, we've gotten into public domain on those, right? I mean, the, the- well, apparently apparently not.
0: So, from it's actually like Nick did his research, and it's actually 95 years from publication for works published between 1923 to 1963. Mm. So. Yeah, so they'd still technically be under copyright if someone wanted to pursue him for it, but that the chances right. of that happening, which he openly admits, is pretty slim, but he's, he's yeah. just erring on the side of, you know, caution, which is fair enough too. Um, so, yeah, and um, one of the later episodes he did too was kind of, it was with um, um, James Willing, who, if you listen to the Spooky Pinball Podcast, is the dungeon master in the EM dungeon. And um, number one, it was interesting to hear him out of character because he actually does have a character on that show that he portrays. Um, and the guy is, I think, 57. James Willing is 57. So, um, and he does repairs on not just EMs, but all sorts of tables. Like um, <laughs> He actually admitted, James in the interview admitted that he sort of um, might be breaking the illusion that some people have of him up on the um, Speaky Pinball podcast, but... It was, it was a long interview, which is um, quite different for the way that Nick usually does his podcasts, which are small digestible chunks of information. He usually just covers one topic um, in each podcast and moves on. But the thing that I found really interesting with the James Willing interview was that um, James uh, works in, well, had worked in a bowling alley. And talking about EMs, basically the pin-setting equipment in... Bowling alleys are basically one massive EM, electromechanical oh, really? device. Yeah, there's no circuitry, and there's this one two point. I think it's he said it was a two point five horsepower motor turning constantly, yeah. and yeah. cams and gears and timing rigs and stuff like that. Um, and everything is just that this designed to keep running indefinitely. Basically, as long as you maintain them, huh. they just keep running indefinitely. And um, it's kind of fascinating to. To see, so they're the old, um, they're the new, I forget the name of the old um, pin setters, but the new AMF ones, which is sort of semi like circuitry now because, you know, with mm-hmm. all the screens and stuff overhead that track True. your score and stuff, I think they've had to make some changes. With that. But just the fact that, you know, these things are just one massive electromechanical device just blew me away. It was really interesting. It turns out that Nick will be having James back on to talk more about pin setters later because it's such an interesting topic. Anyhow, that's my shout-out to Nick. Thank you very much, Nick, for doing what you do. It's an incredibly um, detailed podcast series that you're producing, and I just wanted to yeah make sure you get a good shout-out on the show because it's, yeah, great. It's really interesting to listen to you and listen to your thoughts. Unlike ours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we have our own thoughts. Whether people yeah, like to yeah. listen to them or not is another thing.
1: apparently we do have people that like to listen to it which you know is always surprising to me but I'm happy for it which is
0: nice we we like (laughs) it
1: yeah Uh, speaking speaking of thoughts uh, you talked about it uh, previously and I think you were wanting to talk about it again but uh, Jared does Yelp reviews and apparently he has something he wants to talk about this time
0: yeah I did I I Decide to branch out and and have a look at a different place this time in the city, um, and it's a place called the Snag Stand. The thing that it's it's basically a, they tout themselves as a gourmet hot dog stand, um, or as they like to call them, hot dogs, as in hot cuisine, hot hot dogs.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. The the branding on this place is basically the shop is all yellow. And it's yellow and black. And they've got like, you can get burgers there. They've got like pulled pork and stuff like that. And um, all different sorts of hot dogs. And the one I had was, was pretty nice. It was a, um, I think it was the American. It had like, it, like a sort of a general wiener style thing with like pickle spears and cheese and tomato and all the good things. I think it had some like jalapenos on there too. So it was like they, they just pile the stuff on this this hot dog. And it was, it was that good. My my mate, um, uh, Scott, who I work with, he came out with me. We always usually go for a wander at lunch to get out of the office. And he went, okay, so I'll let you in on a secret. I'm a really big hot dog fan. And I could actually quite happily just live on hot dogs. He says, (laughs) he goes, so I I now know where to come if I actually want to have a pretty delicious hot dog and get my hot dog fixed. So this place is is a thing for us now. I think I might even go there after like, at lunchtime today. Um, now, now let's
1: clarify what, uh, what an Australian hot dog, though, is. Because when I was in Sydney, I had a hot dog, and it was probably one of the most disgusting things I'd ever had. Um, yeah. It <laughs> because, depends where you had it. To. Well, yeah. In, this hot dog, it was more like uh, when you bit into it, it just kind of oozed out of the casing <laughs> it, it was yeah it was it didn't have any kind of firmness or meat like feel in the mouth it instead was yeah. like biting into a tube Gelidness of toothpaste to yeah it was really quite disturbing <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it was one of those sort of like red, red casing yes. sort of yes. like right, Stavallois right style thing, wieners. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're probably called in the US, yeah. Um, this one was actually, I think it was sort of like a wiener style, but didn't have the casing on the outside of it. And it did actually have some like texture to it. Like the, okay. the, the sausages are actually from, um, I'll see if I can see from the sign, but they actually are from like... Uh, they, they tell them to be from like Master Butchers, which is like a thing here in Australia. So they're not like your, your sort of cereal, like basically, you know, what they call lips, tits, and ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for, for the sausages that you get with the, the wieners, which just like, you know, offal in them, basically. Like these are actually proper meat. Okay. And they were really, it had a really nice, well seasoned, really nice flavored snags. And um, yeah, it, like everything Snag- about that, them. That's
1: hot what dog. you guys call them, huh? Snags.
0: Snags. Yeah, yeah, mate. Throw another snag in the Barbie. We don't put shrimps in the Barbie anymore. Like um <laughs> like tried to do in the eighties. Um, but yeah, it's mostly sausages and steaks over here in Australia we like to cook. Um, mm. shrimps, shrimps or prawns, as they're actually called here, not shrimps. Um, they they usually stay off the barbecue, generally.
1: So I'm assuming that uh, since you're you're planning on eating there and going back, that it got a pretty uh, outstanding Yelp review from you
0: yeah it's actually it's on my it's on my long long list of things to do but yes i do need to i've got the pictures on my tablet here at the moment and i really do need to put up a yelp review for these guys i'll go back again today and maybe cry, just just make sure i got everything right and then i'll do the the yelp <laughs> review today it's always good to try things again you know
1: yes <laughs> that is yes you got you got to make sure you know it's yeah, not absolutely. off right yeah
0: <laughs> and on the subject of food, I nearly I nearly reached through my tablet and stabbed you when you were talking about a double double animal style in the <laughs> diner. <laughs> when I was there last year, I I went I actually went all the way down to the pier at San Fran and and went to um uh, that lovely lovely establishment. <laughs> yes, you know. And oh man, it was great. <laughs> and yes, I still long for the double double animal style with the Neapolitan shake. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so good, yeah. So yeah, screw you.
1: <laughs> I know, I um, know. I have one. I have one within less than ten minutes from my house, and I rarely go. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. One of those things it's, that was right there for you. You don't think twice about it. But uh, it was halfway across the world. You do. Yeah, that's all you can think about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. Anyhow,
0: see you. Hot dogs and burgers.
1: Mm-mm. There you go. Hey, you know, uh, so I was mentioning that I just had my pinball league, and mm. I got to mess around with some brand new tables. You were oh. mentioning you were mentioning Walking Dead. Guess what was there? Yep. Walking Dead, and he had the LE. I got to play the oh, Walking Dead LE. Nice. And uh, you know that was because I've heard some people say they're not that impressed with it. Hmm. And I was having a pretty good time on it. Um, there are some tricky shots on it. There's some. There's a this one shot. Basically, there's a barn at the top, just off center of the table. A prison, you,
0: I think they call it. It's the uh, it's where they lock up all the zombies. Apparently.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, you you hit the front of that, and it flips open, and then a zombie head pops out and then you can continue, right. continue to whack the, the zombie head a couple of times, and that's what's going to start your multiball. The tricky part about it is it is a straight-down-the-middle death if you don't hit it correctly. Um, uh, right. And there's also, and I thought I loved the, the touch of it, they have the, if you've watched the show, there was the zombie that um, fell down the well and got just yes. a wee bit soggy, <laughs> so that yeah, when they pulled it up he, He's split in half and gooed all over the place. So they've got that zombie on the table. And if you whack him, he's on a spring and he rocks back. And it's when he rocks back that then you can see his guts. (laughs) And it's just a quick glimpse. Just an ever so quick glimpse. But it's just the perfect amount of time for you to go, ugh! (laughs) Um, There's a couple of little gross elements, uh, especially in the DMD animation. There's some... uh, some good old violence. I, I jokingly asked um, Chris uh, Enright, who was uh, one of the color DMD guys, and he's a, our tournament director. And I was like, "So when are you gonna color this one?" And he's like, "I don't even want to do this one." <laughs> and we're like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, "I don't have the stomach to do this one." <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty
0: um, graphic stuff. I, it, I'd love to put some more time on The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, it looks and like so, a great uh,
1: table. So it was a lot of fun. Um, it did have the, because it's the LE, it had the crossbow feature, which I got to shoot it, and I saw a couple of other people shoot it, and none of us could make a shot with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, it, it, um... it wasn't like Terminator with its cannon, where it's kind of easy to aim. There was something delayed reaction. I don't know what it was, but uh, nobody, was, nobody was making shots with it. Um, it doesn't help either when the table has brand new rubber, and you know the slightest graze of the pinball and the pinball goes careening in a knob, you know a different direction <laughs> mm. so it was rather grippy grippy that way um, and it it had some mods and I'll talk about the mods in in a moment but I want to touch upon the other brand new table that was sitting in there it was uh the medieval Madness reproduction oh nice very and nice i when i saw the table i was like I wonder if that is. I don't. And I'm looking around. I'm looking around. There wasn't a single piece of Williams branding on this thing, and I went. It's got to be the reproduction. Oh, oh <laughs> um, I see. So they that that's,
0: actually—that's the giveaway. Completely. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. All the Williams So, what is, is the on. branding on it? Is it so no branding they at they put all?
1: The... Oh, okay. All it, interesting. All it, yeah. Yeah. I was expecting it to be some company's branding on. It. Nope. All it was. All it said was Medieval Madness all over the place, and that was. That was it. Um oh, okay. Interestingly enough, uh, because I had beaten the wizards on El Dorado City of Gold like within two days, and I'd gotten it in my head to play Medieval Madness for some reason uh, because I'd never beaten the video mode or Battle for the Kingdom. and right. I had read some thread that was talking about Uh, if you just shoot the uh, castle lock and do castle multiball, then Mm -hmm. you can increase your score massively and by default uh, work your way through all the modes to eventually get to Battle for the Kingdom. And I'll be damned if my first uh, three games weren't all at least double what my high score previously had been. Um, It was a... Right. It was a fantastic technique, and it worked really well. And that got me motivated to, okay, I'm going to see if I can get, you know, Battle for the Kingdom. And uh, yes, I did. So thank you. Yeah, that's applause. cool. Um, and Very I also cool. beat video mode, which again I was totally stoked. And my high score wound up being like 760 million, which I know is a drop in the bucket to some of these guys. But when your previous high score was 320 million, that's eh, pretty darn good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but so anyway, I, I. It's kind of one of those things that I'm always worried about if I've just played extensively a table on TPA and then I go to the tournament and that table is there because your muscle memory, <laughs> it tends to mess you up um, because obviously oh, a real yeah. table is not going to play the exact same way. And this medieval madness, holy cow, was it bouncy? I mean,
0: oh, really? Was it just back? the rubbers that on
1: there? Like it was so new and shiny
0: that the rubbers were yeah. Really fresh?
1: Yeah, no, the rubbers, it, I mean... I'll put it to you this way, most of the high scores for the turn like where most people were ranking right around eight million. Right. That's because pretty low. Pretty dang low, well, right? Know. Yeah, yeah. I know it's a tough um,
0: table. Like, in real life, it's not an easy table to play, high but 8 scores
1: is were low. usually in the twenty millions. Um, but there would only be like one or two of those. Um I did see somebody score 80 million and you could tell they suddenly figured it out and got the rhythm. but again, it was like if you just grazed the you know a post wrong going up the ramp, it wasn't going up the ramp. you know, it would bounce and rattle around. Um, yeah. The kick out from well not necessarily the kick but you know after you do the pop bumpers and the, and the ball rolls down the right side, you know in TPA you hold up your right flipper, it'll catch the ball just perfectly fine. So here it comes rolling down. It hits my, my flipper and immediately bounces over to the left flipper. <laughs> and I mean, oh, I think that's where the ball uh, spin came into place. Where the way the ball was rolling was very similar to what Pimble Arcade was doing. But then you could tell that it was how the ball spin was affecting based off of how it touched the rubber and everything, that it would then go careening and. In different directions, so catching the ball on this table was exceedingly difficult. So everything was on the fly with the ball rolling,
0: which I guess is you know arguably the way you play medieval madness because there's a flow table. Um,
1: and so, yes and no, I do a lot of catching yeah. on that table. I mean, I do a, a lot of catching on that table. And let's let's put it to you this way: in order to do the uh, shoot the castle lock consistently, you're going to need to be catching it on that right flipper. Um, shooting, I agree with you. Shooting on that. it on the fly is really difficult. So, you know, here yeah. I had spent you know a couple of days doing nothing but catching and sudden haven't played you know flow, um, so it was it was really tricky. But uh, all in all, I mean, you know, the table looked table looked fantastic and it looked really great. Um, here is where the discussion is going to uh, shift a little bit because there okay. those two tables, as well as um, a couple of others, had mods put onto them. Uh, uh-huh. To various degrees. So medieval madness had what the kind of mod that I don't like, and that is where it looks like they went to the local toy store and found some medieval, you know, figurines and glued them to the table and maybe you know attached a light bulb to them, and Ugh. that's it. Yeah, that's right? Lame. I don't, I don't care for that. And one of the one of the reasons why I don't care for that is one of these was right near the, uh, the castle gate and the drawbridge you know, going oh. up and down. Well, the drawbridge got caught on because of so much bouncing of the pinball One, of the figurines had shifted a little bit and then the drawbridge got caught on that and so the drawbridge was no longer raising or lowering. So fortunately, the game goes into the default mode of what happens when uh, the drawbridge or the gate ceases to work anymore. But mm. it was that kind of thing. Where That's I'm frustrating. Like, it just it cheapens the look of the table. I don't care for that. On the mods are, flip side, mods are
0: fine, I guess. Mods are fine to put on, but if they start to affect gameplay, they need to come off immediately. Like
1: it's, yeah, but even <laughs> even no to me, it's if, mod- they, if they affect the, the art, I don't like it when it looks like like I said when it looks like you just went to the toy store and, and put something on. Conversely, the Walking Dead, he had purchased the guard tower. Had, oh
0: yes, for mesa mods. I think that's really nice.
1: Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Um, he had purchased the. Uh, oh god, what do you what do you call them? On the the cabinet rails, uh, they hold the glass in. Uh, the uh, mirror blades. Uh, no, 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 on the outside, um, on the outside of the cabinet. Um, anyway, they sell oh. it so that instead of it being plain black, it looks like it's blood splattered.
0: Oh yes, that like the armor. The yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so on. he had okay, that.
1: Um, I'm trying to think if there was another if there was another mod on there, but anyway, those they completely integrate into the table so that you don't even realize. You know, they, they look like they belong there. You know what I mean? Um, there was uh, we had a getaway there, and I've seen some getaways where the they put in the donut shop. Um, yeah. And that's just where the ball lock is. Now you don't see the balls, you know, because the donut shop is hiding it. And it, and I think that's. I like it when it's integrated like that. This particular getaway had its uh, a different translate that was semi. Oh yes, I saw it on Twitter. Um, yeah, there was a rather plunging, uh, plunging neckline on two gals standing next to a car.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was. I looked on Twitter. I was going, "Oh man, that table looks fantastic like that." And was the um, the biggest thing with that particular game is, um, the supercharger. Now, yes. were all three accelerator magnets working in that thing, or is it just yes. one or two? No, so all it, three it, would just. And it would,
1: yeah, it was, it was just it around, flying right?
0: around there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's so good when all three are working. It basically, if you've got a getaway out there on location, just go and buy replacement magnets for that um, supercharger. <laughs> it completely changes the way that game plays. It's just amazing. I reckon that would be doing those balls with full magnets and everything configured yeah. correctly. I reckon they'd be doing at least 100 kilometers an hour around that loop if you clock them with a speed gun.
1: Possibly or to scale, definitely. Mm. Um, yeah, I know there the uh, attack from Mars that was there had the mirror blades, um, which I think mirror blades just look cool. They look they look great they on the do. table. table. Um, yeah, and then the Metallica table that was there. Like I said, I got to play all sorts of new tables. Um, they had a Tron there too, but I'm I'm not a fan of that table, so I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> um, although, again, okay, he you know what he did have a mod on that in terms of the uh, he had the arcade. Uh, you know, there's a little arcade cabinet uh, yep. on there, I and mean, he had the full monitor going, working on that. Was oh, wow, that's cool. It, it, yeah, it, it, <laughs> that looked pretty cool. That looked pretty awesome. Um, no, then the Metallica, the guy that owned that table, had completely redesigned the back of the table, um, the back panel, and had added in... Uh, his own artwork, which was, you know, skull heads and lights, but he'd also put in these arcing plasma circles. Um, so it would give this, this cool light, lightning effect going on. Um, he's actually going, this was the prototype, and I think he was mentioning that it was going to go into production. Um, if, uh, if all goes well. And the difficult part about it, though, is he says that it's not just a matter of replacing the back panel. You also have to replace a wood block that's in there, so it's quite involved. Yeah. Um, but he had also repainted Sparky to look a little different. He had uh, gussied up the hammer. Um, now, I don't know if the, on the real game the hammer has spikes, but this one did, and it looked just really medieval and wicked. Um, that's cool. And so that's the kind of... Those are the kind of mods that I can totally get on board with where it's just like, yeah, if you can go in there and paint and make things look a little bit better. Kind of like what they did on um, on Scared Stiff when people started painting the bony monster to look like real bones instead yeah. of just painting. You know, regular. That, I'm, I'm all for that. I did have an idea, though, for Walking Dead that I think needs to happen. And that is, <laughs> on the top glass, uh, make it double-paned glass. And then just mm. every now and then... Squirt some, uh, you know, red blood or you know, red liquid. dye, yeah, fake dye that would just kind of ooze down the 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 glass, <laughs> and then sort you know, the, of yeah, randomly
0: we get reinjected.
1: And then yeah, yeah and then cool. it would cycle through, and then you know, go. I, it was like you know, hey, that'd be appropriate on the table. It's, I also had the thought with that table: is it the one table that you could let get dirty, and it wouldn't look bad because <laughs> no, everything that's true. Like, it was dirty. <laughs> you know, the biggest is like complaint I
0: have about that table the biggest complaint people have that about that table, and this is for all versions. is just how it dribbles out of the pops um, and how it can actually be quite variable when it dribbles out of the pops um, past the well walker. Yeah. Um, apart from that, it seems like it it would actually shoot really well. so
1: yeah it had it had interesting shots it, it was varied from where you needed to shoot. Um, I felt like I was using both flippers. Um, I, no, I I rather enjoyed it and I gotta say, <laughs> 'Cause this is me when I look at these tables. There's not a single actor on that table. It's only zombies. There's not a single it's actor zombies. it's only zombies. There's <gasps> not a single actor in the DMD. There's no actor voices on this thing. I'm like, holy crap, this thing needs to come to Pinball Arcade because you're not having to pay off anybody annoying. except for AMC. <laughs> for
0: AMC, exactly. I think I wonder if this was strategic on Stern's part. I wonder if they're yeah, actually thinking enough. You know, do we actually start making this game uh, with the view of digitization um, later on and making that, that license easier to right. obtain? Because uh, I know they have been talking about it for a while going into digital. Right. And I think I heard on another well, podcast if you go on, recently
1: that. If you go on Twitter right now, uh, Stern, well, by the time this comes out, this won't be the case, but uh, Stern is at a licensing um, convention right now. And they were like, hey, what license should we do next? And so I made sure I tweeted that, well, whatever license you do next, make sure you uh, put TPA into the contract.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, digital pinball as well for the win. That would be great.
1: Because they also had um, it at our league. They also had uh, Jurassic Park. I took a look at that. And that has like every single actor in it on the table.
0: Yes, that's right. Well, that was back in the days when, you know, when you did a license pin, you kind of went all in and yeah. just licensed all the things. Uh, yeah. If you think about, it, though, think about Jurassic Park without all of the actor references in it. Um, it kind of, I don't know whether it would actually work or not um, as a theme, as a table at that era.
1: It would um, lose. It would lose. I mean, not necessarily visually would it lose, but uh, all the call outs, the voice acting in it. They would definitely lose.
0: I know that Dada Reese back in that age um, often used voice actors to substitute the real actor voices. Okay. Um, just yeah, because I know that um, the in Back to the Future, yeah, um, the pinball table that is not um, Michael J. Fox doing a yeah. voice. No, which is well, pretty you clear. It's you not, can ever, it's not
1: even heard. on the back glass.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. I think back then they were getting around that problem as well, but you're actually using voice actors. Um, yeah. But yeah, interesting. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, uh,
1: I think uh, we're, we're, we're going to make this podcast rather shorter than uh, last time. I think we uh, used up an extensive mm. amount of time last time, but I do want to touch since we hinted about it. Let's talk about the movie Jerry did go see instead of Mad Max.
0: Yeah, that's right. I we had um, an anniversary, my wife and I, and I thought, well, let's go to the movie theater. We have got this really great little movie theater um, that's a bit of a drive away from us, but it's essentially like um, I don't know if you guys have this over in the US, but it's like Gold Class, uh, where you have sort of the big chairs and they bring you oh in right food, and table-side and service and stuff, stuff yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that sort of stuff. Well, this is sort of like the um, I won't call it the poor man's version of Gold Class because if you go to the like the proper brand name Gold Class cinemas, you're paying. 30 bucks just for the movie and then on top of that you're paying like exorbitant prices for the food yeah. and drinks but this place is called blue room Cinébar, bar and they actually keep things affordable you don't have the big recliners and everything like that but the seats are really comfortable and they bring you in like food and drinks at a reasonable price and it makes going to the movies affordable and fun so we decided to go and um, see Pitch Perfect Two. Ladies and Pitch gentlemen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, Pitch, and this was actually something we both agreed on. I wasn't dragged to this at all. You know
1: what? Honestly, I play um,
0: the first one, so I wouldn't be dragged to it either. If I, uh... it was funny ass. One, one of the there's a Australian actor in it called Rebel Wilson. Um, yes. Who plays at Amy, and she. She's got the best lines in the movie. <laughs> um, but the it brings up an interesting thing that's uh, I, I if you follow me on Google Plus and all that, you'll probably get the hint that I actually really quite like a cappella um, as music, and of course, Pitch Perfect is all about collegiate a cappella in right. the U.S. I don't know if that's actually a thing. Did they just make this up for the show? Like, do, is no is this the thing that you do
1: at college? <laughs> when you're over there? Um, there are Well, I know in the Ivy League schools for sure it is a thing. All right. All right. Okay. Well, that's cool.
0: Um, so, yeah, anyhow, the first movie was great. The, the second movie was um, just as good. And the uh, because I'm well into the music, I actually got the, the hint that this particular group called Pentatonix uh, were going to be cameoing in the movie and Pentatonics started off on a us tv show called the sing-off i think it was called um and they took it out basically they they won the show and you can actually go on youtube and watch all their um, individual performances on the show they're really good they're a five piece with a vocal bassist uh, a beatboxer who can actually play cello while he's beatboxing and then like a tenor and um uh, I don't know, a tenor, a soprano and um, a mid um, singer and the stuff they're able to do with their voices just blows me away like uh, there's this one clip which I'll probably cut into the show which is of a, a Daft Punk a Daft Punk medley and the, the musicality that this, these guys have is just phenomenal um, you would not really know that they're not using instruments, you don't miss Musical instruments at all? Right. With these guys—they're fac- they're amazing. So, um, the whole movie itself is based around, um, of course, a cappella, um, and it was all about their the, well, the Barden Bellas, who are the the sort of primary um, focus of the movie, uh, going to the world championships of uh, collegiate a cappella and their journey along the way, basically, and. It was, it was a fun couple of hours. I, I really don't have a bad thing to say about the movie. It was, it was full of laughs, it was full of... Um um, great one-liners from Rebel Wilson and um, I I'd, I'd totally give it at least four stars um, out so of the So what prior. you're saying is if
1: you want to earn brownie points with the uh, lady in your life and not suffer in the process it's not a, a bad call at all.
0: It's, you wouldn't you could do worse than actually go so and see pitch perfect too. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's not like cringing and if you're
1: uh 50 shades of gray
0: or whatever You're just like oh god kill me no no it's actually entertaining it's designed it's the the movie itself is produced in such a way that's supposed to be entertaining for everybody it's not just like a chick like a flick or like a um, a dude movie or any of that it's actually just it's just fun You just switch yeah. off your brain enjoy the music which is really really good in it um it might actually change your opinion of acapella and if you go and see it actually um, be a good introduction to it if you've never sort of exposed yourself to that music before. It's pretty amazing, the technique. Anyway, so yeah, that's my movie review. How finally get to contribute a movie <laughs> to the Black a podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, hey, I wanted to uh, squeeze in because we I, I feel it would be mean if we didn't. Uh, just uh, some of the May Tournament of the Month uh, results. Just to get them out there. 10th uh, oh, yeah. place went to Ernie 1977. Ninth place was a Pinball Wiz 45B. Eighth place was In Vitro. Seventh place went to Superdam. Sixth place went to Maggie. Then in fifth, uh, we had Neglectoid. Fourth place, Dylan H. And our top three number three, Viking Eric. Number two, Jay Pelter. And number one was Switch 3 Flip. Um, so that's uh, how the tourney ran. And uh, if we look at our uh, season results, the current leader for the season, uh, which we only have two more tournaments to go, um, Jay Pelter is number one of 148 points. Two points behind him is Gus at 146. And then in third place, we have uh, Dylan H at 140. Uh, so the spread is starting to spread much more. Uh, I squeaked into... 10th place with 127 points. So the difference between 127 and 148, yeah, 21 points uh, between us. That's that's kind of a gap. That's a fairly big game.
0: And yeah, you'll notice I was... that I don't feature in the top 10 this time. Surprise, yes, surprise. <laughs>
1: season to date, you do. Season to date, you're number nine. I'm clipping at your heels, dude. you are got 131 points. So I think I'm, that's going to be my oh, like, I need to, I need to just bump you there. up.
0: I, <laughs> I, had just, I had the most terrible, terrible... Like round that last month, I was just, um, yeah, I tried to squeeze it in. It was a really busy day, like family wise, and I just tried to squeak it in during the day, and my heart just wasn't in it, and I just bombed terribly. So, got no one to blame but myself, but hey, it's only pinball, it was still fun. Um,
1: so yeah, <laughs> I think I am going to try something with the tournament on June 27th. Um, we'll see if it helps, uh, with the people that are become no shows. And that is, there seems to be confusion from when you sign up versus when you're actually able to play. Um, mm. I, th- I thought that I've made it plenty clear that you play only on that Saturday. And that the hours of play, I thought i have made those really clear. I think what I'm going to try this time, because basically we we're trying things out so that when we go to Season 2, it just runs perfectly smooth and there's not a change throughout the season. Yeah. This is kind of a beta season. As you will. But I think that uh, once I get everything posted in terms of the groupings on that Friday night, as soon as I have the groupings uh, posted, I'll go ahead and flick the switch, basically giving 24 hours of play. Um, So that will... Yeah, I think that'll be really good. That'll Um, help uh, the Euros and help you down under being able to uh, manage your time a little bit better. Um, so it might
0: even allow me – what would be really good for me down here is like maybe um, actually being able to do the playing in my evening. Because at the moment, right. it's during the day. And really, it's just I can't do it yeah. during the day. It's too much stuff, family stuff going on. But if I'm able to do like sit down of an evening, like say for 7 o'clock onwards, like GMT plus 10, for example, and and just plug away at the tables, I, I think um, – that will actually number one result in better scores for me but also allow me to like balance the time.
1: Well, uh, my main concern well. had been with uh when you know we first started this was uh people cheating basically. Yeah. And I was I trying don't to think people in, are though. And I I don't either. I was trying to put in every, you know, every kind of fail safe, safe I could think of to to minimize people's options of doing that, but by and large I don't think anybody's been pulling a, a fast one on us and no. um, everybody's been really embracing the true spirit of tournament of the month and how it's being run. So I think it's time to flip that switch and see if it'll work. So that's the announcement that I'm making to you people that uh, once you see your groupings posted on the Pimble arcade fans forum, you may go ahead and play. stop playing. Um, it'll still yeah, close I at the same time great. on Saturday evening, which is uh, 10 PM my time. Um, yep. But that should give a full 24-hour window. That'll help our Euro players. Um, it will hopefully erase the confusion for anybody that's brand new, um, brand new to the. Uh, to I the guess tournament. it really makes sense. If, it really does make
0: sense if you think about it. Um, it you know, as soon as you got your groupings, you should be able to play technically because yeah. it, you, it's a no issue. It, like it's known who you're playing against. So yeah, uh, I think probably in the past it, that. Might have been limited a bit by the fact it was just so hard to set them up. Yes. But now that you've got the cool spreadsheet, you can just go boom and you're done. Yes. You know, it's um, yeah. it, it's a lot simpler on that regard. So I think it's definitely worth testing. And I think personally, I think it's going to actually probably increase participation.
1: Um, we shall you do have see. F- mm. um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, if you need the uh, the website links to uh, where to sign up and where to post your scores. Um, Follow Blockade on the Twitter at Blockade. Uh, the link is always posted there when, uh, as soon as it's available on Pimble Arcade Fans Forum or stock the forum on, on that Wednesday the 24th uh, and then the uh, tournament itself is on the 27th. Uh, we look forward to everybody playing and enjoying. If you have any questions, if you have any suggestions for uh, the tournament come Season 2, um, like I said, we're we're kind of refining the rules and everything, but feel free to email us at blah blah blockade at gmail.com. Uh we'd <laughs> love to hear suggestions and uh, uh, you know work in anything that makes sense for the tournament.
0: Might even be worthwhile opening up a thread on that subject on the forum as well, just to capture feedback. Um uh, as well ahead of season two starting it'd be good to actually get people's thoughts now Sort of, yeah, as I think we think start to we'll wrap
1: do up that right around uh probably in the month of july
0: uh, yeah, okay july so if we'll people want around. to jump in now they can do it via email but later on we will be yes. collecting essentially yeah, have we at we that point, i might statement.
1: create some polls or, or a survey uh something of that nature to just kind of get where people's where people yeah, are i think at, that's a good idea but we have to
0: we have to make sure we you know, continuously improve as far as you know running this and actually making it relevant to people. Otherwise, there's not much point, really, is there?
1: Exactly, and I don't, and I'm kind of getting sick of uh, chasing people down on the day of the tournament, going, "Did you put yeah. your scores? In? Where's your scores? How can be you putting your scores in?" Or or during ups where it's like, "Hey, hey, don't don't forget to sign up. You gotta you gotta sign up." I'm almost thinking some people are not signing up until I give them that message, and I can't be doing that. Yeah, you, know, you should actually see <laughs> if
0: um. Xanaja can um, put in um, a, like a, a, an email thing that if they haven't actually signed up and they've been previously participating, sort of just flick them out an email to their registered email address or whatever. I don't know. Maybe something to think about if it can be done. So Essentially like a contact management side to the, to, to the tournament. Well, if I could, maybe that's going above and
1: beyond. If I could maintain the exact same link to the signups every month, That'd be helpful, but now and then I click a button accidentally, and it changes what the uh, address is. Oh, <laughs> so, then yeah, to, right. so then I have to repost. But I change that posting every place that it is posted in the forum. So um, you know, hopefully, I think people just need to. You know, most of the people are aware. Uh, there's just a few that uh, need their hand held.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's okay.
1: We don't yeah. mind that. We'll, we'll 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 accommodate you, but. Um, So, yes, please join the tournament and uh, get your shout-outs. Oh, I should mention also, last month, uh, Farsight came through and gave us some codes for both Xbox One and PS4. Uh, Xbox One, I was giving away uh, TAF Gold and was also giving away TAF Pro. And for PS4, we were giving away TAF Pro and uh, Adam's Family uh, Ball Packs. I still have those to give away for this next tournament. Um, you do not—that's wicked. Playing. Yeah, you don't have to be playing on either of those platforms in order to win. Um, you know, one, if you win the codes, do with them what you will. So we do want to thank Farsight for giving us those to pass out to you guys. Maybe uh, one of these days we'll be able to give out some uh, Android, iOS, or Steam codes. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But I'm happy with that. That'd be I mean, cool um don't forget yeah. to come July's tournament the final tournament of season one we will be giving away the Randy Macho Man Shooter Rod, stage, Shooter rod from Wizard Amusements and uh, I just talked to Mike at our league and he was asking about it and I was like nope we haven't given it away yet don't worry it's in July he, he wants to give one away practically every month so <laughs> oh really <All> right. <laughs> you know I love his today. Right. I do, and I don't want to abuse the generosity, but um, mm. hey, there's always season two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll see season go. two, season of abuse. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe, thought, maybe um, we'll uh, uh, maybe we'll get some t-shirt action in there at some point too. Who knows? I I'll, I keep on threatening yeah. it, but then, and I don't hear anybody in the forum ever talking about our t shirt So I think it's just I want people to want it, and nobody has said they do. So
0: I want. <laughs> I actually really do want one, but I think I might as well just make it up myself and do it locally. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I really do want one. I want to like um, pimp it when I go to the um, uh, the pinball tournaments and stuff like that. Wear my yes. blockade shirt out and um, represent. Yes. Um, speaking of um, of tournaments and the like, I actually um, I need to openly admit that I effed up in the tradition of the pinball cup podcast with Don and Jeff. I effed up. <laughs> Last <laughs> podcast I was talking about um, Death Valley, uh, this new place that's got some location pins from one of my mates who's at a pinball league, Ed um, from All Pinball, and um, it's actually not Death Valley Records and Tapas even though that makes sense. It's yes. Death Valley Records and Tapes. Tapes, uh... folks.
1: So I,
0: I, I think I would actually need to go to Death Valley to kind of get it, but I think they're shooting for a retro type of vibe because Tapes, I, I I don't even think you can play those anymore, you know, but maybe for the audio enthusiasts, you might still have a tape deck lying around, but anyhow, I cool name. I
1: think I have a tape deck lying around still. But
0: the, um, the thing that I wanted to um, mention uh, is that these guys are running a, a their first tournament. It's the Death Valley um, tournament kickoff, and it's going to be um, happening pretty soon, actually. I think it's the June... Let me just scroll down the page. Um, uh, it is... Oh, well, I know they've actually got some cool prizes, so I can talk about that. Um, they've got... Uh, it says here on the... Facebook page, the winner of the Death Valley kickoff can select either a haunted house reproduction pinball back glass, uh, which is valued at $300 or $100 cash. So that's pretty nice. Hmm. Um, the the runner up receives whatever prize the winner declines and the remaining prize, either the back glass of 50 bucks will be randomly drawn at the end of the finals at around 9 PM. Uh, you've got to be there to claim that, which is fair enough. Um So, and it's not really like an entry fee or anything for this tournament. It's just um, game fees, so purchase of credits. Um, And I know that for the final, um, uh, the final playoff, they'll be on free play. So the finals will be played on free play. Um, Apparently, it's um, the top score qualifying and it's Herb style. I don't know what Herbstyle top score qualifying is all about, but I'm sure that if I can manage to get along to it, I'll find out on the night, which is Wednesday, June 17th from 6 p.m. Um, and you get um, Whopper points for this too, IFPA um, points. So it's worth heading along if you're trying to maintain that or you. you hey, did actually I tell you that I looked enough. up
1: my Whopper points?
0: Oh, okay, yeah. How's it going?
1: I'm <laughs> in <I've been> like 7,000th <laughs> like place. <laughs>
0: I don't even want to look at mine. That would be terrible, yeah, it, terribly it would, demotivating. It would be
1: helpful if I actually, you know, entered any of these tournaments, um, other than just playing my monthly uh, league tournament, because you kind of need to be playing a lot in order to actually go anywhere in the, in the whopper points. But um, uh, yeah, somebody somebody looked it up for me. I think actually Casania looked it up for me, and because uh, and I was mentioning that our league was you know IFPA sanctioned or and he's like, oh, that means you have points. I'm like, what? No. And then he's like, yeah, here you are. And I looked up and yeah, it was like 7,000th place. I'm like, nice.
0: <laughs> hey, the other thing I wanted to um, mention in passing, so it just popped into my head then. In Australia, we have um, the very first um, KISS pinball machine on oh. location. Uh, yeah, they've actually, the, there's this place down the Gold Coast that I mentioned before, Time Zone, and they pretty much get every new new inbox stern. And what they do mm-hmm. is they air freight it they air freighted in um, a KISS Pro um, and they have it on site right now. You can play. So <laughs> I'm thinking probably the fact that they actually had to air freight it is probably like $4 a play. But because, <laughs> 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 um, you know, we're talking air freight from the US to Australia, um, a, what, 300 kilogram pinball machine? It's yeah. Something like that. What? That's not going to be cheap. So, but they're first. That's why they it. do just have it. in
1: uh,
0: <laughs> <And, laughs> yeah, um, exactly. the crate. That's right. Just just chuck them in there. You know, it's a big crate. <laughs> exactly. Plenty I of room out, underneath the playfield. I found play field. out that um, the uh, my operator mate is actually getting a kiss as well, and I'm mm. not sure what his plans are to do with it, but. He'll be getting it and unboxing it in a couple of weeks. So hopefully I get the nod to go over to the place and actually see that and play it for the first time uh, cool. when he's unboxing it. So that'd be pretty sweet. I don't know whether it's actually going into um, Death Valley or not, but um, it makes sense that it would. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'm sure he'll be, <laughs> sure he'll listen to the podcast and go, oh yeah, well, it, it may be, maybe not. I don't know. So yeah, if you're listening, Ed, there's your, um, there's your plug for the, uh, <laughs> there's your plug in the apology. <laughs> so there you go, mate.
1: You know, you know what I like about our show, Jared? Uh, we've been trying to wrap it up for 20 minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, if we were being played off, like we were at the Academy Awards, the the, the um, orchestra would have gone home by now. <laughs> they would have actually played themselves off. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, we were shooting for a short shot.
1: I, I can imagine the, the, the listener was going, oh, they say they're going to end real soon. Okay, I'll just listen for a little bit more. And then they're like, oh, my God, will they ever shut up? So you know what? I think it's time for us to <laughs> shut up. Um- shut <laughs> up. Chris, shut up. Yeah, Jared. <laughs> shut your pie hole. Yeah. Hmm, I wonder where I've heard that before. Oh. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, we've already mentioned the website, but our, or the uh, web address. We don't have a website yet. Hey, does anybody want to make a we website don't. for us? Go for it. Um, <laughs> let us know how it comes out. <laughs> we'll, That's we've wrong. got a content. Um, <laughs> you can email us at blah, 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 Cade at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I am at shutyourtraps. Jared is at Jared Morgues, or you can follow the Blockade at Blockade. Um, all information uh, regarding Table of the Month, or Tournament of the Month and Table of the Week always uh, goes through the Blockade Twitter account. Uh, I think I've covered everything there. I think I, I have. Think so. I think all I the have social media. All the social, yeah, all, the, all that important stuff that we just goes, move along, come on, who cares? Fundy, um, so <laughs> <here? laughs> We'll... The, the
0: last thing is that I'll be doing the editing this month for this podcast. So Jeff is—I'm um, trying to give Jeff, Jeff a bit of a break. So if it sucks, it's my fault.
1: <laughs> I like how we save that for the very end too. Um... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make him make them sit through the entire horrid podcast and go, "What's wrong with this? Um... Like,
0: why has the quality gone completely downhill?" Oh, that's right—the Aussie's doing it. Yeah, that would explain <laughs> it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we will return next month uh jared's got some tech talk that uh, we didn't have time for today but uh, we will uh certainly get in uh, next time um we'll be able to talk about uh the brand new table that came out on pinball arcade which would be a road show um oh yeah looking forward to that be awesome it, it will be pretty awesome and uh who knows? Me and me and Jared might uh, try and drop hints as to what uh, table number forty is, because we're both just like squealing with joy if it is indeed what we think it is.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: oh um, man, yeah, <laughs> it's hard not to say anything. It is very hard, and uh, yeah, I think that'll do it. So, thank you all for listening. Hopefully,
0: the clue that the, uh, hopefully the clue that Far Side will drop will make it obvious, and then we can go. Oh yeah, well, it's
1: this yeah, exactly. So we can yeah move along to. Holding our breath about the other three or four tables that we know about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: All right, Jared. Uh, thank you once again. And thank you to our listeners. And we'll catch you all next time at the Blockade Podcast.
0: See you later. And thanks for listening. Remember to leave a review on iTunes or any podcasting channel Blockade is distributed through. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Until next time, remember... Hey, it's only pinball!